listening to another episode of a Colorado Craft Podcast by Mile High Bourbon and Rye. My name is Zach. I'm the host of the episode, as always, and I'm extremely excited to be sitting here in a new venue. We're down at Crazy Mountain Brewing on 15th and Ogden in Denver. If you haven't been in yet, come down and check it out. Recently kind of launched this space. They're building it up right now. Got a lot of exciting things happening. So I would highly recommend coming to check them out, and we'll be back here some more in the future. And then I'm also excited to be uh, joined by a couple of brewers from the state of Colorado today. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm AJ. I'm actually the brewmaster here at Crazy Mountain Brewery. Uh, working on my 18th year in the industry. And I'm really excited to have you guys here and talk about some craft brew stuff. My name is Manuel. I'm a co-owner, head brewer at Coal Mine Avenue Brewing Company. Um, we are the first production brewery with an off-leash dog park in the entire country. Uh, I've been open five and a half years now and um, started out home brewing and professional brewing for about six years. So glad to be here. Awesome. Good deal. That was actually one of kind of the starting questions is how you guys got started in in brewing. I mean, home brew kind of sounds like a good start for a lot of brewers. Yeah. So I was... Um, I've been brewing, home brewing about 10 years before we opened, and I was working in corporate America, basically um, project management for software development, and after a while, uh, my wife was also working, and I was in the financial services industry, it was a software team on, in one of those companies, and my wife was also working in a financial services company. Um, so I grew out of my garage, you know, five gallons at a time, start out on the stove, then you start growing the all grain, your equipment just starts growing. Um, my wife got laid off and it was her kind of goal to open her own business for us to, to be self-sufficient. So when she got laid off, she called me up and said, I guess we're doing this brewery. Um, so that's how, that's how we got started. That's awesome. Chips just sort of perfectly fell into place to, to make it start. Yeah, so eventually the, the building on the homebrew equipment became a seven barrel system sitting in a storage facility. Nice. So we got space for it. Yeah. And how about you? Uh, so for me, I, uh, I'm from upstate New York originally, so I started out at a brewery on the gang uh, in Cooperstown, New York. Uh, started out like anybody else, usually in the industry, on the keg line, washing kegs, packaging department. I uh, became packaging manager there, uh, warehouse manager, oversaw basically a lot of like half of production there. Okay. Uh, Homebrew on the side, and then moved out here in 2016, and little by little just started taking on more roles with uh, Crazy Mountain to overall production, and now we moved into this joint and I'm doing all the brewing. So. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so just because this is a curiosity of mine, uh, your favorite style of beer to brew and your favorite style of beer to drink? I'm pretty basic when it comes to sitting down and drinking a beer. Usually I, I end up gravitating towards um, West Coast IPA, nice, nice bitter pale. Um, I've got an IPL on right now that I really like. Um, and they named it that tracks because, of course, if I want to sit down and drink and I order one of those, that tracks. It, it's also made with a terpene called train wreck, so it kind of fit the okay. Fit the oh, very thing. cool. Um, as far as brewing, I really like being a little 
crazy and experimental, and um, it's me and a brewer, and then I've got somebody who comes in and does cellaring usually once a week. Um, and so the good thing is she also is very creative. Okay. So we mesh well in that way. Um, hazy IPAs. The brew day is a pain, but I do enjoy producing them. Um, our sours tend to get really unusual, but in a fun way. Um, so we've done like a peanut butter pancake blueberry, peanut butter blueberry pancake goza. Well, interesting. And, yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, maple syrup, blueberries, um, biscuit mold, like that. And then the sour. So we do things like that. Um, uh, we, just, we just like doing it. It's better than, better than being a cubicle. I manage <laughs> software developers. So. Right. Well, for me, I tend to drink with the season, so, you know, summertime, I'll tend to lean towards, you know, big IPAs, uh, really like IPAs during the summer, come to the fall, start getting into my porters and stouts, uh, and I'm pretty solid on drinking lagers when I'm just trying to take it easy and just have a beer or two. Yeah. Um, so, as far as drinking them, that's basically how I am. As far as brewing goes, I like to think I'm a pretty simple brewer that does non-traditional things. So I, you know, big part of my background is the Belgian brewery that I was in. So yep. essentially, a completely different process than what I do now. But I try and like our the strawberry wheat, for example. It's basically a, a hybrid American Belgian style ale. Uh, use sweet orange peel, coriander, grapes, and those things are really. Did it on a Belgian style ale and yeah. used my American yeast, California ale yeast. Okay. So, um, I like, like I said, keeping things simple. I really like, um, I think there's some beers that I really enjoy, really super complex medical, and then there's some where I just feel like two row and one or two other specialty malts would really do a trick. Um, but my favorite to brew would probably be lager, just because it's a nice, easy brew day. Um, seldom do we have problems on yep. lager days. <laughs> um, so yeah, pretty much my style there. Okay, excellent, good deal. Um, so I know, unfortunately here at Crazy Mountain, that you can't have the dogs in the in the actual building. Yeah, Sydney Denver hates dogs. <laughs> They've got that ordinance that since you're since beer's considered food, right, is why you're not able to have the dogs in. I think that's why. Yeah, anywhere in the city of Denver, you can have bring your dog inside. Yep. Uh, but they do have a really cool deal here. So if you bring a framed picture of your dog, eight by ten or smaller. Yep. They'll hang it up on their wall, your dog's immortalized forever, and they'll give you a free beer. So, I mean, it's definitely worth it there. And then for dog lovers as well, I love the idea of an off-leash dog park attached to the brewery. Was like, where'd you guys, why, like, how'd you come up to just be like, that's what we're going to do? It was a few things that came together. Um, like I said, we were in, we were both in financial services companies. And they would send my wife Erica, the other owner, out to San Diego for some training once a year, once every couple of years. Um, one day, or one time they sent her for training, we decided we were going to make a long weekend of it. So her training was until Friday. I flew in that Friday and we stayed in gas, Gaslands District in San Diego. We're just hanging out at the hotel and um, 
you know, piano music was playing. It was really just kind of low-key and relaxing. We asked the bartender, oh, you know, um, what's good to do around the area if you've only got, like, a date to go do something? He says, oh, if you like beer, Stone Brewing and Anchor Steam are really close. And, like, beer, we like beer. So we went to Stone, and we were just really impressed the size of the facility, just the opulence. They had gardens out there that they were setting up for a wedding with water features and everything. We were just enjoying the day. And we thought this would be really perfect if we had our dog with us. Yeah. And so that was kind of the seed. And then, you know, we just we worked downtown, lived in the suburbs, um, take the public transportation to work and back home. We'd get home and we'd want to go do something, but our dogs were left alone all day and we didn't want to just leave them. So we thought, well, it would be great if there's a place where we could take our dogs, let them run off their energy, we have a beer, and everyone's happy to go home. Yeah. So it was really inspired by that visit and a dog that we used to have called Remus. And so he's everywhere in our tap room. This, this is actually a silhouette of him. Oh, nice. Awesome. Right there on the logo you guys got? Yeah. That's awesome. He's, you see, um, when you walk in, first thing you see when you walk in is a, a painting that an uh, artist did with him, and it says Remus, co-founder at the bottom. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Really cool. Oh. Looks like Black Sky's here. Oh, sweet. Late to the party. Sorry, guys. Just running some uh, errands and... Things got out of hand. That's all right. We can uh, work with that, no problem. So we've already kind of started here talking, but uh, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, let everybody know your name, what brewery. And yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm Slava, and uh, I'm one of the founding members of Black Sky Brewery. Uh, we've been open for 10 years now. I've been in the industry for uh, 19 years this February. Um, used to do production for Breckenridge at the old 471 uh, Calamath location. Uh, worked in one capacity or another at a liquor store, bar, brewery. Been been doing production for about I think like 12, 13 years now. Okay. So. Black Sky, I feel like I know the spot that that's at. Where uh, we're a brew pub. Okay. Yeah, so brew pub on Santa Fe and Fifth. I uh, usually have about 25, we have 25 taps for beer and okay. seltzer. Uh, make our own root beer. Uh, being a brew pub, 99% of the beer is being sold um, over the counter at the location. We have one outside account at Meow Wolf. Oh, okay. They carry our Kolsch. Okay. Uh, we took my daughter down to Mount Wolf, so that's... It's I an know, awesome place. I've seen place. it somewhere. It yeah. was yeah. an absolute trip. Have you guys been yeah. down yeah. to that? It's something else. It was the weirdest thing I think I've, I've done in a long time. Just an absolute trip. But uh, So a question I asked both of these guys, and just kind of would like your thoughts on this one too. Uh, your favorite style of beer to drink? Your favorite style of beer to brew? Uh, my favorite style of beer to drink... Um, depends on the season. Sometimes I like hoppy beers when the weather turns cold. I like, you know, more body. Yeah. Um, so it kind of varies, but light, lighter beers in the summer, 
heavier, more full-bodied beers in the winter. Obviously, everything we put out, I have to have a pint of it just to make sure that <laughs> it drinks well sometimes. If you just do a taster, um, it doesn't really quite do the job. You don't get like all the nuances of you know having a whole pint. But I mean, I'll, I'll fluctuate. Like for a long time, I didn't like any lagers, but I was you know like I'll drink a Pacifico now. Okay. <laughs> Along this time, like I, I like I couldn't stand any of the super light beers. It was uh, like when I first started in the industry, like lots of IPAs, stouts. Uh, my go-to when I go to like a dive bar, um, I'll still do like a Guinness or a Sierra Nevada. Okay. But the beer to brew, um, small batch because my day is only half half day. <laughs> small batch is my favorite to brew like two barrels. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Just double my normal day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can I can do anywhere between uh, two and twelve barrels. So uh, anything that's small is kind of fun because you can come in, come in late and leave early. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but there's there's always uh, there's always you know those like 12, 14 hour days once in a rare while when something goes wrong. Yeah. Because it's it's just reality of production. You know, like doing production type of work. So. Yep. So I know you got your start in New York. Are you guys both Colorado? Top to bottom? Uh, or Colorado native. I was born in Denver. Okay. So been here all my life. Awesome. There's only probably ten of us left in the state at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was born in Ukraine and I grew up in Moscow. Alright. And uh, Los Angeles is my American home. But I've been in Colorado since uh, January 2001. Have you been brewing? Have you brewed beer outside of Colorado or only in Colorado? No, um, I moved outside of Colorado for about three years. I lived in Hawaii, so that's when I worked at a bar. So gotcha. it wasn't production, but was still uh, involved in in the industry. Um, other other than that, no, I, I worked twice at Breckenridge Brewery. Okay. Then I worked at a couple of bars here in town. I worked at a liquor store. Gotcha. All right. Always revolving around beer specifically. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I know people who have read the website, reviews and everything, listened to the show, watched the show for a while. Obviously, I've been more spirits focused overall. And so I know Colorado kind of offers some interesting pieces, especially when it comes to aging, uh, just different climate, different way that the spirit interacts with the barrel and everything. Is there anything that, like the altitude you guys have seen, or just the climate here that affects the beer production? Is there anything that you got to do differently? Or is it pretty much... I really have to do, um, I mean your boiling point's a little higher. Okay. That's not really anything to deal with, but one of the one of the best things about Colorado is our water is really good for brewing beer as it is. It doesn't require a lot of, if any, tweaks. Um, and you okay. can still produce a good product. Whereas, you know, some other places you might have to really adjust your water chemistry to make the beer turn out well. But and you still can, yeah, but it's a lot easier to add things to your water than take them away. Okay. So yeah, a lot of people go into like complete 
are now sort of taking everything out and then they're putting everything back in at the levels they want to put it back in. Yeah. Yeah, reverse osmosis, charcoal filter, like zero, any mineral, anything, but uh, you can get a free readout from, I mean, we're in Denver specifically, I know you're a little bit south, but uh, in Denver, if you ask them, they'll give you a free readout uh, of anything and everything that's in your water, and most of the time, I think our water is closest to actually Belgian water. It's not too hard, it's not too soft, it's pretty neutral. Uh, British water tends to be like more minerally. So their, their styles of beer play into that. You know, Czech water is really soft, so like Bohemian Pilsner type of style. Colorado is like fairly neutral and it makes it better because you don't you don't have to do like yeah <laughs> you don't have to do RO you don't have to have like industrial style like charcoal filters you know the size of a car <laughs> right yeah it make, it makes it easier in that aspect for sure yeah, normally I just have to play with pH level and that's it yeah okay we'll add we'll add like uh, calcium chloride sure. which is basically like brine or salt and then for uh, British style. Like IPAs and uh, anything that's like hoppy, we'll do uh, gypsum, you know, calcium sulfide, because that's the water that they had when they were brewing those styles of beer. But you don't have to. I know people that do nothing to the water and still make great beers. Kind of a, well, I mean, heck, Colorado's had beer for a very long time, and the Coors Brewery credits that to the Rocky Mountain water, so there's definitely some truth behind that, that whole story. And the farther outside of the city of Denver you get, the better the water gets. I mean, <clears throat> treatment levels are as concentrated as it can be down here to make it outside of Denver. Yeah. So the farther you get outside of Denver, the better and better and better the brewing water gets. Um, not to say that it's bad here, but it's, it's just great. You get, you've already got a good base and it just goes up from there yeah. kind of situation. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so like, I've actually had this, I joined in on this discussion online with a few people that I've just kind of interacted with and it's uh, like best place to drink a beer in Colorado. Doesn't have to be like in a brewery, can be somewhere outdoors, can be a restaurant, can be a bar, can be a brewery. What do you think is the best spot to open up a beer and just enjoy it? For me, I found this this last summer, I would say at the top of the 14. All right. Um, so I did my first two this last summer. Um, we brew a double any IPA, triple dry hop, and we call it the Sherman. So we took some Sherman and opened it at the top of Mount Sherman. Makes sense. Um, and then I had another one at the top of Mount Beerstadt. It wasn't a Sherman, it was uh, one of my friends that brought some beers for us, but I think that's the most serene place to crack open a beer and enjoy your day's achievement. That's actually, before you guys answer, that's kind of what sparked the conversation. Is they ranked a whole bunch of places and somebody chose the top of the mountain after hiking up to the top of it. And most of the responses underneath from like the group that were having the conversation were, no, that's, like, that's the worst spot. And I was like, I, I disagree. I think that's actually my favorite as well. It's, it's definitely just, the one that has the best view. Yeah, <laughs> they, they actually have a term for it. They call it a summit beer. Yep. And there is something nice about like, not only did you just accomplish getting to the top of, you know, an insanely high peak, but 
you, you get to enjoy something at the top of it too. It's like a, not just the satisfaction it's of getting a, to the top. It's a reward, you get the reward as well. <laughs> yep. I'd have to go with uh, along the same lines, but not anywhere near as extreme. Uh, but on the golf course, uh, there's some really gorgeous golf courses here in Denver. Yep. Well, outside of Denver, the really beautiful ones in the mountains and whatnot. Um, but yeah, some of those tees, you have to take switchbacks just to get to the tee. Okay. And drinking a beer up there and then watching a ball sail into the, you know, Everglades, basically. <laughs> uh, it's pretty awesome. See, the problem with my golf game is that as soon as I take the swing, that ball's going hard to the right and disappearing where I'll never find it again. So That's what we call power feed. I have to have the beer just to feel better about the entire entire golf outing. How about for you? What do you think? Uh, you know, one of the more, I mean, we're, we're all on the same page, but uh, me and my friends went to uh, Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Okay. Which is, I think, is the world's second oldest uh, race. Yep. So there's Indy 500. And that's older, and then Pikes Peak Hill Climb, and yeah, we were at about 11, 12,000 feet, and just like looking over, yeah, beautiful Colorado, and hanging out, and at that elevation, you get two for one, right. like that. That one beer will 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 feel like two beers at 12,000 feet past the tree line. Yeah, and you know, and you get to watch race cars and just hang out with your friends and drive up a mountain at like six in the morning <laughs> and then you do a little hiking you set up a little camp yeah it's awesome colorado has got a lot of history they just uh, i think last year uh was a hundredth running of pike's peak i was gonna go okay. but i forgot to buy tickets and they never sold out <laughs> but yeah we brought we brought some ipas and we we're just hanging out like sitting on the giant rock like watching race cars go by I definitely know the hill climb. Awesome. I didn't realize it's been around that long. Second yeah, um, I think they started in like 1916, but uh, they took some time off um, during World War II because there was no man available to race. And uh, the funny thing is, it's like like the average team is like nine dudes like out of their garage you know <laughs> once in a while big boys come over like Volkswagen and Peugeot and Red Bull and all of that but realistically it's an invitation only and it's it's just like a bunch of dudes hanging out drinking beer in their garage and like building a roll cage for their car <laughs> so then you bring beer and just watch them go up a mountain and nice. it's a 14er so yeah, that's an extreme Formal racing too. <laughs> that that is a world yeah. world famous race. Yeah. There's 24 hours of Le Mans. Mm -hmm. There is, I mean, like Formula One, Monaco, uh, Indy 500, and Pikes Peak is in that elite group. Yeah. And I'm glad we have it in Colorado because I've seen like world famous, like best drivers in the world just sitting on the side of a mountain, looking yeah. over a beautiful sunrise, having like an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a heck of a good morning there. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to go check out that race. I've never seen it in person. I've watched plenty online, seen, yeah. you know, different videos of it and stuff. But I mean, it's, it's a combination of having good beer, fresh air. You did a little hiking, you know, to get there because you can't really just park on the side of the road. You, you got to do... So it's, it's just a combination of many things. That at the end of it, the beer is a reward. Yeah. You forgot the Isle of Man TT. Isle of Man TT, yeah. Well, um, 
I'm more into cars than motorcycles, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, no, that is, yeah. Isle, Isle of Man is definitely up there in the elite, for sure. Yeah, like I said, I know the Pikes Peak. I don't know the Isle of Man. I'm not, like, racing's never been kind of my, <laughs> my sport particularly. I think it's got to be hockey and football for me, which I've got to say, like, Probably second best choice for beer location is sitting in the stadium watching the Avalanche play hockey and you know get the beer in the hand, jump up, celebrate with everybody when there's a goal. That's that's one of my favorite times to have it. Coors Field too. I mean, if you get up there on top of rock or not the rock pile, but all the upper deck rooftop. Yeah, the rooftop part. And you get up this day and still got snow cap on the mountains. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, one of the most beautiful views that you can get from downtown is from The Rockies are guaranteed to sell tickets to every single game, at the very least for the people who just want to go hang out on the bar and have a beer. Yeah. I mean, regardless Rock, of how they Rock used to be like six to eight dollar tickets. We would just go because... You could still get them for <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, that's, I mean, it's been like that like 20 years ago and I haven't been lately, but yeah, you know, it's like, you're like, what are we doing? I don't know, like, let's get these like six, eight dollar tickets and go hang out and have a couple beers at the stadium. It's easily the best, like, as far as view, I think it's the best bar in Denver. It just, it's hard to beat that spot. And basically a six dollar cover charge to get in. Yeah. Have whether you stay for the whole game, whether you're even interested in baseball or not, like... I'm like three dollar years before first pitch. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you get two for one. <laughs> and then you still get the same same deal like you're up on Pikes Peak. You get the two for one benefit. It's just, you know, down here at mile high level instead of 12,000 level. So. All right, everybody, Colorado sucks. Don't move here. Because you have a place to have here. have out here. Terrible. I brought my sled dogs to get here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I recruited them from the brewery. It's okay. Is it negative eight on Monday? I ride my horse everywhere. <laughs> I was supposed to record this Monday evening, and yeah, it was negative 10 at one point at yeah. my house, and the power went out for almost two hours. Yeah. So we're sitting there like, all right, if the power doesn't kick back on, like, we got to have some contingency plans to take care of stuff, because it's just too cold to be doing anything. It was, it was so cold, my coolant in my car froze, and it overheated. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's like negative four degrees at nine in the morning, and my car is just bellowing like steam. You know, like, my car is on, it's negative four, my car is on fire. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's absolutely nuts. That's, <laughs> That's absolutely nuts. Um, all right, well, before we go kind of anywhere further, real quick, I do want to just mention I've got a sponsor for this show. It's a place up in Fairplay. I don't know if you guys have been up in that area. If you know where Snitching Lady Distillery is, they're located directly behind that. It's kind of a food truck installation permanently set right there called Kickin' Ass Mountain Pizza. A little wood-fired oven. Uh, set it down. They got a little food truck there. Everything's handmade. It's right there on the premises. They make it to order at the time that you order it. There's nothing ahead of time. On the weekends, they do wings. They do pizza specials throughout like every single week, everything like that. I Some of the best pizza I've had in my life. Just, I mean, everything's from scratch, top to bottom. Nice. So, you know, thank you very much, Kicking Ass Mountain Pizza, for sponsoring this podcast. Really appreciate you guys doing that. Um, 
if you find yourselves up in fair play a couple of breweries up there there's a couple distilleries now south park brewing uh, opened up a distillery attached to them as well um, snitching ladies one of my favorite distilleries up there they're wonderful people and stop in grab yourself a pizza hang out in the bar they'll bring the pizza right into the bar for you so order a pizza go inside warm up have a drink and get that food brought right to your right to your spot at the bar or your table and Enjoy, like I said, some of the best pizza I think I've, I've ever had. Awesome. All right. Yeah, absolutely excellent food. I'm going to be, uh, at some point in the not-too-distant future, probably late spring, early summer, I'll be guest chefing, so to speak, with them. So I'm going to go up and I'm going to make, I think the recipe is going to be uh, handmade gnocchi and then do that in a red sauce baked in that oven with mozzarella and maybe either some chicken or Italian that, that sausage. Takes, that, that baking only takes like a couple minutes, right? Oh my gosh. The, the, high, the, wood. the pizza preparation, like made from hand, roll or you know, spread out the dough, put everything on it, that's the longest part. It can be, you know, 10-ish yeah. minutes to get it. Then you pop it in the oven and it's like two minutes and that thing's cooked to perfection. So It's, it's funny because we make pizza, but uh, myself and my co-workers, we go around town we're like I don't know I've been eating pizza almost every day and we go somewhere else and I'm like well now I gotta try their pizza because what kind of pizza did they make because we have pizza you know I don't get enough pizza at the home location so I go around town trying all kinds of other different pizzas gotta have some more yeah yeah uh, but yeah, so thank you Kickin' Ass Mountain Pizza for sponsoring this. Like I said, you find yourself around Fair Play, stop in, check them out. Definitely worth it to like both you guys and everybody who watches, listens to the show. Yeah. Awesome, awesome folks up there. So um, on the kind of food topic, I'm, you know, everybody always pairs food with everything. So what's your, like, the best pairing for a beer you make? Like, what food do you think pairs best with your your beer of choice from what you brew? So, I think a lot of the Girl Scout cookies, like, because, you know, a lot of the breweries around town will do Girl Scout cookie beer pairings. Yep. But when they bring in the cookies for us to sample and figure out what we're going to pair with the beer. We always have a lot of fun trying to pair these cookies with the beer. And I want to say it was the lemon cookie with our West Coast IPA. It was really good. And there have been just other pairings in there that we find every year a new one that, that's really good. Okay. Um, you know, you get to play with this flavor complements this, or this flavor, you know, does this and that. Um, it brings out certain aspects that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. And it's, you know, every brewery, I'm not gonna say every brewery, but a lot of breweries, it's a pretty popular thing to do a Girl Scout cookie pairing. Yeah. And so that's a lot of fun. And then usually our anniversary, um, well, last year specifically, we had a couple of food trucks. Okay. Um, one on Friday and one on Saturday. Uh, that was um, Big Stuff and uh, Rustic Nomad. And they're pretty regular at our place. Uh, we brewed, they came in and we collaborated on a beer. So we all came up with a certain beer that we were going to do. And then they 
created a specific sandwich to pair with that. And um, Big Stuff created a turkey burger that went well with a, what did we do? We did a lager, I have to look it up, but that paired really well with, with their turkey burger sandwich that they made. And then Rustic Nomads um, made some kind of uh, chicken sandwich with, uh, I want to say it was boysenberry and some other things. They do a really good job. And, uh, they knock those parents out of the park. Okay. But sometimes we'll do that. We'll probably do it again this year where we come up with the beer and they come up with the food pairing and we'll do that on our anniversary. Yeah. What? When's the anniversary party so we can... The weekend after the 4th. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Count me in to be there because that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun weekend for sure. Leaves us very tired at the end, but... Oh, I bet. <laughs> uh, for me, um, so we used to do uh, a thing with Oma Gang called uh, Great Beer Deserves Great Food or vice versa. Uh, and that would be this whole elegant thing where each course, you know, from uh, hors d'oeuvres to entree would have a different beer paired with it. Okay. So that kind of put me into a certain mindset on like, okay, wits are good for salads and fish and like, uh, that's for the most part what I still think of when I think about having a beer with something, I really match it with those like classes that have been beaten into my mind. Yeah. But uh, honestly, my favorite thing to use beer for is brats. You know, soaking in, soaking uh, brats and beer. Something that's a little bit different, like our amber ale or something. Um, just gives it that little bit different flavor that, I don't know, it's, it's super worth it to me and that's the one I like the best. Okay. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's traditional pairings, like you were saying, um, you know, lighter Belgian beers tend to go with lighter styles of food, but um, I mean, our whole thing is like Black Sky is uh, beer, pizza, metal. Yep. <laughs> so. I mean, beer and pizza is kind of a classic combination. Um, I also tend to think, personally, that I think different cheeses go really well with uh, having drinks. Yeah. Like, I, my, myself being, like, I grew up until I was 14 in former USSR, and uh, the way that we hang out, which is an old, old world kind of tradition, like people from, like, I hang out with my parents, and we'll have beverages, and we'll usually have like cheese, cold cuts, some some sort of pickled things, you know, <laughs> whether it's actual pickles or a little bit of cabbage, or but you know some like nice light bread, dark bread, some sort of the cheese, some sort of salami, ham, cured, you know, prosciutto, like, and so those like I, I typically associate drinking with specifically just like snacks and hors d'oeuvres okay. because as you're, you can have a main meal but then you're hanging out and you're drinking and you're having little you know you may you may try you may try like a sweet wine like a port or like a sherry or you know you, you can you, you're drinking beer while you're hanging out yeah. you can you can try like a nice scotch or a whiskey and those different things pair up with different flavors and anything salty aged 
meat, <laughs> yep. bread. <laughs> That's what I usually associate that with. Yeah. I, so I'm I'm a big fan of cooking with beer or whiskey or wine all the time, doing stuff like that. So. My personal favorite is I make every year for the start of football season uh, beer cheese soup. And so do that with a, like an Oktoberfest Marzen oh, yeah. style kind of. Cook it in there, but then also pair it with it just because you've already got the flavor kind of in. Uh, you know, nice sharp cheddar cheese, a couple other cheeses kind of mixed in there, and that always, that's kind of my my favorite pairing style. So. And like multi beers, I think they go really well with like like brisket or like a pork butt or like yeah you know lighter beers like belgian like what you said wit and like saison that's more like salad fish but heavier beers if if your if your meat is smoked or has a you know brown dark color to it because you like roast it or anything like that i, I like reds like scottish ales things like that Okay. They taste delicious together. Manuel, it looks like you're probably having to head on out. Uh, before you do, let people know where to find you. And so you can find us at coalmineavenuebrewing.com. We're on Facebook at coalmineavenuebrewing and Instagram coalmineavenuebrewing. Uh, located at 9719 West Coalmine Avenue, uh, just off the Kipling and Coalmine, right across from where Funplex used to be if you're native in Colorado. You probably yep. know what Funplex is. Uh, we have a Funplex cream ale so that Funplex is gone, but you can still enjoy Funplex in our place. You guys been around for a while. Five and a half years. All right. Yeah. So, survive. But awesome. I appreciate you having me. Thank, thank, you, thank so you so much, much for joining yeah, us. Good to meet you. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your evening, sir. Yeah. Slava. Nice chatting. So this has been great. I, so just, you know, a couple other kind of questions, whatever, for you guys sort of chatting here. Like, uh, obviously, the focus of this podcast has been and will continue to be Colorado Craft. So just like kind of what's one of your favorite parts about living, being, you know, working in Colorado? Like, what have you found, particularly working in an industry where you interact with probably a lot of people, you get to experience a lot of different you know, people from all sorts of different backgrounds and everything. Like, what do you, what about Colorado really makes you, you know, feel like this is a, a good spot to be? Colorado is a good spot because it's always been on, on the forefront, basically. I mean, it goes for craft beer. Brewers Association is here. We have Great American Beer Festival. Yep. Like, if I, if I live in... Kentucky or Indiana or like Washington or Maine, um, I don't know if I would make it to Great American Beer Festival every year, <laughs> but I can walk out outside of the brewery and look down the street and see the convention center where Great American Beer Festival is being held. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I hate to compare it to weed. But that's part of it as well, yeah. because no, uh, Colorado's been like progressing in a lot of different ways, and uh, Colorado's definitely beer friendly. I think we also have over like a hundred distilleries now. Yeah, there's close to about four hundred breweries. Yep. I mean, Denver's got 70, 80. Yeah. 
breweries just in Denver. That's before you get outside of the city limits. Yeah. So, um, just kind of let you do your own thing. I mean, we, we gain a lot of population, so that's a good thing and a bad thing because everything's more expensive, but at the same time, um, there is there is more business, yeah. if you will. You know, but yeah, like I think Colorado's been like pretty progressive, pretty open to. We're kind of like we're a purple state, yeah. So we're we're kind of like liberal, but also like our personal freedoms. Yep. So in the, in that aspect. So I don't I don't know what you think about yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, uh, advantages to brewing in Colorado. I mean, I think. The networking is huge. There are so many breweries here. I mean, when you think about like what are the me beer meccas of the United States, you're thinking California, Denver, Colorado. Like yeah, that's that's what you're thinking. It's like the biggest beer markets. Yeah. Um, so I think the advantage we have is, you know, like Slava said, there's hundreds of thousands of people moving here every year, which everybody wants to check out breweries. So you have this influx. Your return customers aren't as obvious. But there's a huge influx of people just checking out new breweries. So it's cool in the regard that you get to see new faces all the time. But I think the biggest thing for me is the, just the lifestyle of Colorado in general uh, makes it more attractive to brew here than anywhere else. Uh, you know, you have the mountains that are fingertip away. Yep. And How long have you been doing brewing? Brewing? Yeah, I don't think I've ever asked you that. <laughs> We've been friends for years. Yeah. <laughs> so I. From the homebrew scale, so I started in 2006. Is when All I right. started with. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. 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 September of 2006. All right. So uh, really, just started learning at that point. Uh, at one point, I was. Uh, uh, what the hell was my title even? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a packaging manager, but I also did like. Uh, it was basically an excuse to get me out in the market and buy rounds of drinks for people at bars that we had beer. Yeah. Brewery ambassador. That's what that's what they called it. Okay. Them. Yep. So uh, yeah, I did that alongside managing, you know, production. But yeah, always always a hobbyist in craft brewing. Uh, just you know, small batches, stove top stuff. And then you know, just through the years, I got trained at Elmy to brew. Um, so yeah, yeah, been kind of doing it for a they, long time. Alma uh, Gang makes some of my favorite beers. But they always put out good stuff. Yeah, sure. it's never bad. <laughs> Three philosophers. Yep. Yeah. They the ones do the Hennepin. Yep. Yeah, that's that's like one of my all-time favorite saisons. Yeah, that's a classic example. Boulevard's Tank Seven is very close to yeah. being up there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Tank Seven is good too, but. Yeah. Uh, Just making sure that's still going. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Hennepin's good. Cause, I mean, Duel's got the hand in all of that, right? Yeah, Duel. Yeah, uh, that's Old World East. Yeah, Boulevard. Yeah, that's yeah, Home that's Gang and uh, Firestone Walker. Yeah. And then they have all their sister breweries overseas. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, still make good beers, and that's another thing is, I mean, you can talk smack about big guys like conglomerate, like conglomerates, and you know, buyouts and all those different things. But I mean, if you make a quality product, then you can't, you know, you can't, 
you, you don't have to agree with the corporate culture of buyouts because yeah. that happens in this industry, that happens a ton. Yeah. But if you make a good product, I mean, Sierra Nevada, like Ken Grossman is a billionaire from yeah. making beer, but he also started in 1979, the year I was born. <laughs> But when I go to a dive bar, I'll either have like Sierra Nevada or a Guinness. Yep, sure. <laughs> you know? Well, so, I mean, there's I mean, something, like you said, there's something you said, even if it's kind of that you don't really agree, you want to, because I'm all about supporting, you know, especially smaller local, like really trying to get that to be, and that's been the focus of kind of the website, the podcast forever, is uh, I really like the smaller local craft, everything that there is, but... Like, you're absolutely right. The the big guys are big guys for a reason. They, yeah. They're, not, they're putting out a good product. product. Yep, and yeah. they have been for a long time. And regardless of kind of anybody's opinion on it or not, they're going to continue putting out product for a long time because it's, it's good enough to keep drinking yeah. as long as they've been producing it. So. Absolutely. Same type of thing, uh, you know, like in whiskey and everything, you've got Jameson from Ireland's been around forever and a lot of people you know a lot of people like it a lot of people say it's not the best of the Irish whiskeys but the fact of the matter is well it's Jameson versus Jameson versus Bushmills one's Catholic <laughs> the other one's a Protestant <laughs> so they drink a lot of I, I think Northern Ireland drinks a lot of uh, Jameson and then Southern Ireland drinks a lot of Bushmills if I if I get my Protestants versus Catholics <laughs> correctly <laughs> But yeah, I definitely think that's a that's a big thing. You know, and the, the goal is kind of, you don't want to be a small guy necessarily forever. If you really enjoy making the beer, you'd like to make it be a thing where you make real money on it. So. Well, I mean, this is a business. Yep. And the point of having a business is to stay in business. <laughs> so as much as we think this is like, and I mean, it is a fun industry. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And we are having fun because we do what we love but the point of business is to, is to yeah is to keep staying in business and you know change with the times and find your new avenues and expand your markets and like I've never wanted to go to business school and learn financial terminology concepts you know because I'm not really a business guy but being in the brewing industry I, like, I calculate, like, returns on my investment, and I understand uh, seasonal things and limited type of apparel for a brewery because there's market scarcity and, you know, different things that you can try to stand out from your competition because we're all friendly. Uh, the network, the network in Colorado... It's huge. Like everybody knows everybody. Yeah. If if you need, like, we do a bunch of collaborations. We we did a collaboration earlier today. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was actually so, the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on before we wrapped it up is is collaborations because I know, especially in, in spirits industry with brewers, like you know, trading barrels, aging beers in the whiskey barrels. Barrel goes back to the distillery, finish off the whiskey and that and everything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Collaboration wise, what's kind of your I guess one that we, you we did a collaboration to together earlier this year for nice. our anniversary. Well, last year. Later last yeah. year. <laughs> Not earlier this year, later last year. I know, I'm still getting used to that rollover to 24. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, so, what was the collaboration? Uh, what did we do? Pale Ale. All right. So it was yeah. basically like 
kind of what I traditionally would do for a pail, mixed with what he traditionally would do with a pail. He likes it's American style. Okay, a little, little malt, bunch yeah. of hops. Yeah. So we usually, for our anniversary, we try to do as many collaborations as we can, so we just put them on tap during our anniversary week. Yeah. Our anniversary week is usually right around Great American Beer Festival. That works out So nice. we try to... We try to do it a little bit earlier, a little bit later, because doing back-to-back -back anniversary beer releases and Great American Beer Festival, we tried it one year and we all thought we were going to die, because you're there like every day for a crazy amount of hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's too much work, and then you have to go to GABF, and then you have to come back to the brewery, and then you have to do the releases. And so we, we usually try to space it out a couple of weeks. Yeah, it sounds like a crazy amount of work to do that one. It is. But, so, I mean, like, I know one thing, I haven't had as much experience talking to brewers, so, like, first off, thrilled to be able to talk to you guys on this in general, but secondly, like, um, the collaborations, I know, the in the spirits industry in Colorado, the, like you said, 100-plus distilleries that there are now, that, yeah. everybody basically knows everyone else. Mm -hmm. You go into any distillery yeah. and you can talk to well, them. Well, half of the people work at the other half of the distillery because <laughs> they open the distillery. And same thing for breweries. Yeah, totally. And, you know, and then the equipment gets exchanged a lot and ingredients and somebody bought a pallet of puree you know they bought some blueberry but they're not making that blueberry that was a seasonal you know like yeah. like it's it's very it's very well connected in Colorado but that's I think that's one of the things that's really helped the spirits industry strive or yeah. thrive rather is just that that ability to work together you know, Stranahan's was the first uh, distillery open in Colorado since Prohibition since yep. Prohibition and, and old man Stranahan he's the one that started uh, uh, what's the brewery that was they moved to Maryland they have the crazy bitch IPA oh Flying Dog Flying Dog uh, yep. yeah that's old man Stranahan yep that's his brewery that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you go down and do that, uh, actually, my wife and I just did the distillery tour again, just yeah. uh, towards the end of December. But it's owned by. Uh, about that. Yep. It's owned by Constellation Spirits now. Right? Yep. Yeah, they. Which is like Cuervo, I think. Eighteen hundred. Yeah. Those. Which those you guys. know what? I'm not. I'm not against any of that because once again, it's a business. Right. That's the ultimate. So you know what? If if somebody. Like, people always like to say sold out, and I'm always like, no, butt in. Like, I want to buy in, too. <laughs> you know, do you have a brand new Mercedes? Because <laughs> <Right>. I don't. <laughs> Those people do. <laughs> well, I think Stranahan's still putting out really good products, too. They still do. They still yeah, do. The other thing is, too, is I'm because I'm you said the same thing. Like, a lot of the brewers have worked at other uh -huh. breweries. You guys kind of all move around and everything. I think that's just, I think that sort of relationship that gets built by you guys working so much like with each other all of that stuff in general it creates just such a welcoming environment I think that's actually part of the reason why a breweries in Colorado just seem to kind of thrive because same thing that I've noticed with the distilleries breweries wineries across the state anyone that you walk into it's very friendly it's very well, it's like friendly welcoming. competition right because oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're all taking piece of the market but we're not like 
not trying to be like mean about it. Like, right. oh, like you guys are our competition, you know? Like, I, I love coming over here and having your beer. Yeah, you know. Over there, I mean, yeah. I lived over at that place for lunch when our yeah. location I mean, was right across the street. Oh yeah, and you know, but to the collab aspect of this, I mean, that's why why we do it. I mean, it's a it's a small peek inside what that brewer does, what how he's thinking about his recipes, you know, versus what you're doing day in day out. That you're, you know, you get into these habits and the way you do things. Yeah, and it's just really refreshing to see the way somebody else does. And, just to talk about that shit while it's happening. Yeah, yeah. You know? Shout out to uh, Jade Mountain out in Aurora. That's the collaboration that we did today. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, so uh, their main brewer, uh, he actually brewed in China. So they have a little, they're a brewery, but they also do, um, they're like a tea house. So they do infusions with the tea of their beers. Oh, nice. So shout out to Jade Mountain. It's around Buckley and Quincy. Okay. That's that's where we were earlier today. Which awesome. brew? Um, I think he did, uh, they, do, they do sours. So um, he did do a sour, but what did we put into it? I'm gonna have to ask my assistant brewer. <laughs> no, because like they do like crazy stuff. Like I tried today, he had raspberry, apricot, and black tea, and that was my favorite beer that they had on tap. It was really because it's really raspberry, apricot on the nose, so it's really smells really fruity. Yeah, it's got sour notes, but by the time you're done drinking, um, you get a little bit of like bitterness of the black tea to it so it was really well balanced I really really like it because between sweetness and the tartness that's what kind of made it for me like made it the full circle you know it was more complex but yeah Jade Mountain those guys are cool and they hosted us and uh, if anybody's listening you should check them out (laughs) I'll definitely check them out come check out Crazy Mountain where we're sitting at for this episode thank you again to to you guys for letting me kind of set up here and He's awesome. Love this guy. Yeah. He's he's always been welcoming and friendly, and uh, I bought some equipment from him, so he's a good guy. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks thanks a lot for coming in. We really appreciate you utilizing our new couch lounge area. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll use it to be continued, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Yep, we'll be back here. I got another episode lined up coming up soon with a photographer friend of mine. Nice. Um, as I said, so kind of the idea, too, is not just making it only focused on beer, spirits, wine, but, you know, truly Colorado craft. So if you're doing something, you're creating something, you're in Colorado and you're, you know, basically contributing to I the uh, invite, invited a couple other friends. It's just today got super crazy and that's why I was late. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but there's, there, there's a couple other uh, brewers that have been around for... Oh, sweet. For a while, yeah. They yeah, we'll do some more episodes. Hang out with us, yeah. Potentially get see if we can get, like, distilleries come by here, too. Mm-hmm. Just continue using this spot, because I, I think it's... I know a couple of those guys, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Awesome. Sweet. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, for joining me on this episode again. Same thing that Manuel did. Go ahead. Let people know where they can find you uh, online and physically. Uh, Black Sky Brewery. Uh, our, our best... Our best way is probably uh, Facebook and Instagram. Okay. We just do like social media. So, but Black Sky, uh, we're in the art district, quote unquote, of Denver, Santa Fe and Fifth. 
490 Santa Fe is our actual address, but uh, if you just look up Black Sky Brewing Beer Pizza Metal, we have snacks, we make, we have a, somewhat of a limited menu, but we make everything in-house. Everything's uh, great. Everything's I have awesome. 25 beers on tap, plus a seltzer, and being a brew pub, we actually have a full uh, full bar, full liquor license. Oh, sweet. So you can still get like a mixed cocktail, we have our certain proprietary cocktails that our bartenders came up with. Nice. Um, but you can get, you know, whiskey, coke. If somebody doesn't want them, we have red wine, white wine. Okay. We, we actually started carrying uh, Groovy, which is a non-alcoholic beverages as well. I make like root beer, um, lemon lime soda, nice. pizza slices, calzones, mini calzones called Headbanger Rolls. 490 Santa Fe, Lucas Up, Black Sky Brewery, Beer Pizza Metal. Awesome. Love it. And for Crazy Mountain, uh, we're located at 1505 Ogden Street. We're actually right next to Ogden Theater, so if you got any shows that you're headed to Ogden Theater for, please make this your place to stop before you go to the show. Uh, this February, we paired with Colfax Tacos. Uh, we're really excited to have them kind of open up a little spot right here inside the brewery so you'll be able to get some tacos alongside our beers. So it'll be a great spot to stop before you're on your theater or film or shows. Uh, again, 1505 North Ogden Street. Awesome. They're online too. They got social media. You oh, yeah, got sorry. Facebook, Instagram. www.crazymountainbrewery.com and then we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Perfect. Awesome. Check both of them out. Of course, thank you guys all for listening to another episode. My name's Zach again. Follow us online, social media, Mile High Bourbon. Search it. I've got every social media platform that exists basically at this point. If I'm not on it, I probably will be soon because why not? Um, check out the website. You can always support the site. We've got the shop up live. Coming up soon, it might be available by the time this episode is released, um, the smoked salt that I'm selling with Kickin' Ass Mountain Pizza. So that was something I, I didn't mention earlier. I actually, they put smoked salt on their crust, just a little bit of sprinkle all the way around the side. The salt that's smoked, I smoke it myself in the smoker. Okay, dude, we should do a Goza. Let's do it. We should do like a Scottish. Yeah, we can do like a Scottish like smoked. We heavy with some of your smoke salt. smoke salt. Yeah, let's. I'm all on board for that. Let's absolutely do it. Cool. Um, but that smoke salt will be available for sale through the website here soon. Milehighbourbon.com/slash/milehighbourbon.com/slash/shop. Uh, purchase that. All of it supports the site. And then again, as you guys all know, anything that's purchased, done, anytime that I make sales, any money that comes in through the site. Part of it goes back to Colorado Charities every single time across the board. We're supporting, awesome. supporting everything that we can throughout the state, trying to make things, you know, I, I want to make sure that it's all Colorado-focused from top to bottom. So we do that all the way across. And then sign up for the newsletter. We've got our tasting series coming soon. Got that. So you come out, try some whiskey, try some beers, try whatever we've got for in that day. And then proceeds from those events will, again, part of that will go to local charities as well. So check us out, follow us, and thank everybody for for joining us for another episode. And again, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, cheers, gentlemen. I know the glasses are empty. Uh, uh, we have to go get more beers. Gonna have to go cheers. get more beers, but there we go. So thank you guys so much. Have a great, great rest of your day. We'll see you on the next episode.